0: Welcome to Steeping Around, sponsored by the Maya Tea Company. I'm your guest host this week, Terry Labaugh. Manish is currently in India at a family wedding. And since he's gone, I'm trying to fill very large shoes. If you've been listening to the show for the past few weeks, we've had some wonderful interviews with Joy Jaguna from the Royalty of Kenya. Before her, we did a few weeks with GT Dave from Synergy Drinks. And in doing these other interviews, some questions got raised about Manish and how we got into this business. The fact that he's in India right now is such a convenient segue to let you know that that's where he's actually from. That's where he was born and also to start out his life. So that is one of the first questions we asked Manish. So let's hear what he has to say about his first years.
1: I was actually born in a small town called Sangli, India. It's about seven and a half hours by car south of Mumbai. Okay. Now, Mumbai is in sort of the northwestern part of India. That's a huge city, formerly called Bombay. Right. And that's where my dad's from, and my mom happens to be from Sangli. And so typically when the first child is born in India, the mother goes back to her mother's home and delivers the baby there. And there she gets kind of the support from her family for the first few weeks. So it's kind of an interesting circle. So that's where I was born. That's neat. Yeah.
0: How old were you when you came to the United States?
1: Oddly enough, when I was born, my dad was not around. I was born in February of 1970. And in January, my dad had to leave to come to the United States to move here. Oh, wow. So he was not around for the last month of my mom's pregnancy with me. He came here to the United States and his first stop was Kansas he went to school in Emporia, Kansas, hmm. and then in February, my mom had me, and then we came over when he was finished, Okay, and he had finished his MBA, had moved to New York City, and was starting a job there, and that's when my mom and I came over. So I have no connection with my father until after I'm two years old.
0: Hmm. When you came to America, did you ever live in Kansas, or did you guys move straight to no, New York? Uh, by the
1: time we got here, my dad had already moved to New York City and okay. had had an apartment there, and we moved in there.
0: Now, New York made a huge impression on you, didn't it? Oh, yeah. You love love New New York. York. I love New York. (laughs) To this day,
1: it's like one of those things. I don't get to go to India often enough, and I don't get to go to New York City often enough. There's something about the air there. You know, and I travel a fair amount, and when I land in New York City, I know this is going to sound weird, but the smell of the cars Hmm. and the sound and... I don't want to say pollution because it's not that. It's just (laughs) the aromas of the city. I mean, I know there's a little bit of the sewer going on there and bodily odor and whatever. There's all this stuff going on, but there's something about that aroma and that city that just has me captivated I love living here
0: reminds you of home
1: I think growing up in that city I had so much exposure to a lot of other cultures it's just such a vibrant cosmopolitan place it really is a melting pot so it was so much fun growing up there I have very very fond memories of my time in New York City
0: did your family move around a lot when you were a kid no no
1: we were in New York and Queens uh, Mm -hmm. about three years each we moved for a very short while to San Jose, California. And you didn't know that. No, I, yeah, I didn't We were only there for nine months. It was a very short period of time. But my father had finally had it with the cold, and he couldn't take it any longer. And they just wanted a fresh start. And so we moved to San Jose. And this is pre-Silicon Valley. So this right. is like 1976 and 77. So you were still little. I was still very little. And my parents were looking for a business. And in 1978, they found a motel here in Tucson, Arizona, and decided that's the business that they wanted to buy, own, and settle down. And so after nine months in San Jose, which back then it was very pastoral. I remember getting fresh strawberries, and there was a lot of fields and stuff. So the produce was great in San Jose back in the 70s. Oh, yeah. That whole valley from Santa Cruz Mm -hmm. and Salinas, and I mean, that's all right there. And it was quite a fertile place. I rather enjoyed living there too. And then we moved here.
0: So that's how you ended up in Tucson then? That's
1: right. My parents bought a business here, and we wound up here at the tender age of eight it was what was th- your
0: first impression of tucson it was hot be honest it was hot <laughs> but
1: because we bought a hotel i was just thrilled because the hotel came with a pool oh nice so we got here in like may in the early part of may and i was in the pool every day until school started so that was pretty cool um i did struggle to make friends here I would be lying Hmm. if I said I didn't. The neighborhood which we moved into, obviously, because it's a motel, it's going to be more of a commercial and an industrial neighborhood. So I didn't have a lot of friends at the beginning, but, uh, you know, sort of settled in afterwards. My early years in Tucson were a little more challenging than my years in the other places in terms of friends and so forth. But Tucson's been very good to me since then, so I can't complain.
0: So now you know what it's like (laughs) to come to another country at a very young age and start all over again. When we come back, we will find out how this eight-year-old kid in Tucson, Arizona, came to be the owner of a very successful tea company and run four farmer's markets. Stay with us. We'll be right back on Steeping Around.
2: Hi, my name is Roxanne, and I am with the Maya Tea Company. Now Manish and the guys know an awful lot about tea, and they have put together some incredible blends. But let's face it, sometimes they still need a woman's touch. I have a special gift for aesthetics, and I've put the finishing touches on most of the tea blends that we make in-house. But I've also created my own blends from scratch. One of my own tea blends has become the number one seller for the Maya Tea Company, the pomegranate mojito green tea pomegranate mojito mimics one of my favorite bar drinks with fresh green tea peppermint lime and pomegranate and don't worry if you're missing that extra kick this tea tastes incredible with an added ounce of tequila or rum don't be afraid to spice up your teas that's what I do You can find my pomegranate mojito tea, as well as recipes and mini tea cocktail ideas at www.mayatea.com. You can save 15% on any of your tea selection, particularly the pomegranate mojito. Our coupon code is STEEP. Cheers, or as we say here in the Southwest, salute.
0: We're back here on Steeping Around. I am your guest host, Terry Labaugh. Manish Shah is currently out of the country. He's in India at a wedding. You know, I got to say, this is hard. (laughs) He makes it look so dang easy. (laughs) He's a natural talker, natural speaker, and I am not. So thank you for bearing with me through all of this. So uh, before the break, we found out where Manish came from and how his early life started. But, you know, I think a lot of people want to know how he went from this eight-year-old kid here in the desert to be the owner of a successful tea company and also to run the farmer's market. So I'd like to present that portion of the interview now.
1: My parents were always very, very busy, but my mom always did the cooking. The first thing I learned how to cook, to actually like put on the stove and make, was chai for my parents because they would want to have it two or three times a day. And it was like one of the chores that they said, look, you, because (laughs) you're basically not worth anything, you're not even a minimum wage guy there, you can stand over the stove and make sure that that chai is made properly. Mm -hmm. And so I began doing that at the age of 11, not with any indication that that would turn into a vocation. So that's the first thing I ever cooked in the kitchen. And after that, I learned how to make eggs. But that's it. That's <laughs> like my big tada. I mean, the egg story has no connection with my life today. So but. your
0: mom and dad didn't have any connection to the tea industry like you do now. No, fact. I got
1: into it after the fact. And so for me, after having that tea connection growing up, Later on, I was doing other things in life. After I got out of college, I had started another business, a marketing company. And meanwhile, I was working part-time at Dillard's. Now, Dillard's is, for those of you who don't know, it's a department store here. It's a clothing store, really. And I was working there as the polo guy. So I was the Ralph Lauren dude at Dillard's and uh, really loved it. It was really a fun job for many, many, many years. But I was wanting to get into my own business, and I was looking for (laughs) something to market that was my own. I had to find a product. I had to find a product that I could sell, something tangible that I really could live with. And somebody said, Well, you make this chai. You know, I'd stopped making it for my parents because I'd moved out of the house by then, oh. but I was making it for other people. So, this is really good tea. I said, oh, That was my mom's recipe. And then I figured out how to put it into tea bags. And I thought it would be a really good idea to make this chai in tea bags. And this was in 1996. I got my first batch of chai in the door in December of 1996, Wow. and I was scared beyond belief because I had put down like $1,000 or oh $800 for the shipment, and I had no orders, and I had these boxes stacked up of packed tea that I had gotten put into tea bags. and It's funny to think about it today because I was sweating the minimums right. back then. And so you
0: had no idea at the time that that would turn into what it is today, which is... No,
1: I had no pretty clue. Pretty big. And I'm not even sure why I did it now. I just was looking for something else, huh. but I always had my Dillard's job, so it just seemed like a keen thing to do. And, and I you still
0: had something to fall back on. And I had something same. to
1: fall back on, which ultimately worked out because in 2002, my job at Dillard's kind of evaporated. Mm-hmm. There's probably a good story there. <laughs> you should probably ask that question later. <laughs> but that's how I got started is because I was just trying to find something different to do, but I really did not have any clue what it would turn into and what's more surprising I have kind of a good inkling of what this could turn into now right but given how naive I was back then I can only imagine that my best guess of what I will turn into now is probably still short of the mark so even that leaves me kind of breathless because the possibilities for all of us at the Maya Tea Company right. are really pretty substantial
0: Now, in addition to the tea company, we hear you talk a lot about the farmer's market. How did you come to run four of them when you started with just a tiny little booth?
1: So I told you that I was in the marketing business, right? Yeah. I started that in 93. And in 94, I became, you might call it the marketing director for the plaza where the farmer's market is today and at the time they had a farmer's market and as the marketing director I was responsible for the marketing advertising and the management of that farmer's market so literally right out of the gate one of my first jobs was to manage that farmer's market and I will admit I did not do a very good job (laughs) there were a lot of things going on there youth and experience and some other circumstances within the plaza that that didn't quite take off but I got exposed to how to run a farmer's market and what it was about early early on so this is way before you even decided to do tea chai at all that's right but what's Ah. funny is when i decided to do my chai i knew right away i had a place to sell some of it by going to the farmer's market so it's from that basis when i ran the farmer's market early on that later a lot later almost 10 years later like 2002 and the farmer's market at st phillips which had gotten started again and was doing well needed a new coordinator and that's when i stepped in
0: so from there, and I mean, it's yes. just blossomed. We just started our fourth
1: That's right. farmer's market. At the time that I took over in 2002, that farmer's market at St. Phillips had less than 20 vendors. 17 and 18, we were averaging my first weeks there. And today we have four farmer's markets around the city. That St. Phillips Market is now up over 60 vendors. Yeah. The other ones are all around 30. However and around and growing. Uh, yeah, 28 to 30, and they're all growing. Mm-hmm. And in the early years, it was just me running the farmer's market out of my tea company booth. And now we have a staff of really five that help us with both the tea company side of the retail as well as all of the farmer's market stuff. It's really cool, actually. It is. It's it really a fun and it's amazing thing how yeah.
0: fast it's taking. Didn't off. feel
1: like well taking off now. It didn't feel yeah. fast like 2002 to now. I mean, we're talking nine years. But in nine years, what a huge transformation! But and I
0: think in the last nine years, Americans in general have come to be more health conscious, absolutely, and more aware of where their food is coming from, what they put in their bodies, as well as where they spend their money.
1: I've been the blessed recipient of a wider consciousness of the fact that people are now starting to look at going. You know what? I want to eat better, and I want it to taste better, and I want to feel better and want it to be better for me mm-hmm. and i was lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time talking about those things and thinking about those things mm-hmm. and having benefited from those things
0: well and i also think that tea ties in yeah, very absolutely. well with that in the wellness movement that we're seeing now
1: yeah it's kind of cool because i see the farmer's market as part of what i can do for my community here mm-hmm. where i live and the tea is part of something that i can do everywhere else so it's a cool endeavor for sure
0: That was good stuff from Manish. I have a lot more questions to throw at him. And in the next few weeks, I will share his answers with all of you. If you guys have any questions for us, please email us at steep at com. That's S-T-E-E-P at M-A-Y-A-T-E-A dot com. We also have Facebook sites for both Steeping Around and the Maya Tea Company. Also, if you have a lover of tea on your list this holiday season, please think of us at the Maya Tea Company. We have something for everyone. Next week, we'll be talking about Manish's mysterious fourth job. And also we'll be talking about his last trip to India, which was 15 years ago. Thank you all for listening to me and putting up with my stumbling through this episode. It's been a lot of fun talking about Manish while he's not here. (laughs) So thank you for joining me. And remember, sometimes steeping around is a lot harder than you think.